Hey, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, and I'm fiercely passionate about helping you become an empowered woman. As a life coach, author, pastor, emotional and spiritual wellness advocate, I'm here to help you realize your true dreams, craft your master plan, and coach you to fulfill it with ferocious execution. As a survivor of childhood trauma, I know what it takes to overcome obstacles, fears, and insecurities, and I'm here to help you do the same. But I don't do it alone. I bring the sisterhood on to share their journey in this mad voyage called life so that you can glean from the boldest, bravest, and grittiest adventurous who are living out their dreams. Join us. Today's show is sure to change your life. So stay tuned because it's... Join the Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, John Scott Damon. Radio. It's time to join Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, Don Scott Damon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. We are living a full, fierce, and free life here. And normally, I do have the sisterhood on. But today, I don't. I have the brotherhood. Amen. And that happens to be my husband, Paul Damon. Welcome, Paul. Hello, to- everybody. The Freedom Girls. All right. (laughs) Um, Thanks for being with me. Actually, I wanted to have you come on here because the other day we had the privilege of sharing our story on a radio station out of California. And when I say our story, we'll share it in a moment. But we got so much buzz on that that I thought it would be a good thing for us to share it on the podcast So thanks for being with us. And when I talk about our story now, I am going to be talking about the fact that you and I are survivors of COVID-19. Yes. Do you want to say more than just yes or just yes? It was quite an experience. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I know you can talk more than that, so we're going to get into it in a moment. But let me just tell the listeners a little bit about our story because You know, statistics say that 80% of the people who get it are going to get mild symptoms. Right. And I think that ours were fairly mild, but they weren't like we were still walking around just doing our thing. We definitely knew we were sick. We definitely knew we were not ourselves and that we had contracted COVID. I was tested, and I won't get into all of those details, but it took me a little bit because I wasn't running a fever and I had started some symptoms, and of course, I was in such denial. I thought, no, this is just a cold COVID. You're about to be on your deathbed, and I'm not that, so I don't have it. But my nose started running. I started to cough, but what started to make me feel like there was some potential with the disease, or excuse me, the virus, was that my lungs were burning, and I couldn't breathe in. And I know this is a respiratory virus. It attacks the lungs and the lining of the lungs. It attaches to the red blood cells and fights the oxygen for your for moving throughout your body. So that was the thing that made me realize, you know, I do, th- I do think there's something here. But you were seeing and experiencing something else with me. You saw me coughing. And- right. You had severe cough that was dry, hacky, loud obnoxious not not that I didn't love it but oh I'm sure that you did. I, and it never got irritating for me but for others I think that it might have gotten a little bit yeah, irritating thank you for sharing that that way that was really meaningful and precious but so yeah okay so you're the one that because I wasn't really paying attention to it and then you said honey you are really coughing and so you pushed me and if it hadn't have been really for you pushing me to call the doctor and get tested I don't know that I would have done that 
I always know what's best for you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, please um, do. I, ladies, there's not very many gentlemen that listen, but don't hold this against us. But um, <laughs> so anyways, the I, did, I was positive for COVID. They called me and said COVID was detected. And so by the time I got the phone call, I'm already into the virus at least eight days. And so... I uh, was about halfway through it. But the thing that also tipped us off was that you started symptoms two days after me. And so you were experiencing the same thing that I was feeling. Right. And I never had the fever. And one of the things that concerns me about how they're managing this around the country and around the world is they're focusing on the fever and the elevated temperature. And one of the strategies they're, that they're considering is taking everybody's temperature as they walk into a building or into a room. And right. that wasn't what I experienced. And so it's not really a foolproof way of knowing who may or may not have COVID-19. And even you had just a fever for a very short time, a, a very mild fever. You were maybe around 100, um, 101 at the most. And it lasted for just an hour or two. So... It's just, it's interesting, mm -hmm. but concerning to me that using temperature as a measure of who might have it is, in my opinion, has a, has some fault to it. Sure, it does. I mean, it obviously will help some, but you and I went through almost 14 days of COVID-19 without a fever, mm -hmm. without a temperature. So in our case, we would have been carriers. We would be allowed to go into a public space but we would have been infecting other people because that was just not the presenting symptom that we had. But let's just talk about, just to say, we are now probably about day 19 or day 20 of being in full recovery. We feel like we're of that group that is got the immunities or at least the antibodies against it that we've built up some immunity to it. Mm -hmm. But during the time, I will just say that we, I think comparatively speaking, we felt like we were never going to get better. And at the same time, we know that we didn't have the severe attack like some of the elderly or the compromised people with asthma or heart disease or diabetes. Right. We never had to go to the hospital. We never had to well, get... Well, we never had a hospital stay, but I had to go to the yeah, hospital. Yeah, to get your chest x-rayed, right? Yep. Because so they said if you start struggling with breathing because or shortness of breath because this can turn on you fast. And I did. I started to have that shortness of breath. And they said, you need to get in here again right away. So down we went to the hospital for the second time. But praise the Lord, my chest x-ray was clear. And so was the heart. They also wanted to run an EKG on me to make sure my heart was okay. And, and praise the Lord, all of that was great. But we're sharing this testimony because we want to give some hope mm -hmm. on the other yep. side of it. When people have heard that we are COVID survivors, I think they get a picture that we were propped up on a ventilator near death and that we somehow survived. But that isn't really going to be, by the way, 98% of all Americans are going to survive. 80% of the symptoms are very mild. 80% of the people who have this, their symptoms are mild. So I think if we hadn't gotten tested, it's possible that we would have just thought, oh, no, you know, Certainly before all of the COVID dialogue, we would have been kind of still trying to just do our thing. And I never got tested, so I'm not part of the statistics of people that have it and recovered from it. 
And I think there's millions of people like me going around the country. I know a, a lot of people that I talked to in January, February time period before it was really widely being promoted out there, the, the fact that this was going around that had either mild or fairly severe illness that they struggled with for weeks and they didn't get tested. They didn't really think about COVID-19, maybe because it wasn't being talked about or because they didn't feel that they were that bad off. And we also know that some of the people that we came in contact with also experienced some relatively mild symptoms, but nonetheless, right after spending time with us, they, they ended up having some symptoms. Uh, but because they were all younger, they didn't have the severity that we had or more severe like we had. Yes. So we're just very thankful that we've come out on the other end and we've been answering questions. We're happy to share our story. It's kind of funny. I had to wear a sign the other day on Zoom and it, I just wrote COVID leper because there is quite a bit of fear out there. Once we share that we are post COVID-19, the people are calling and texting and emailing and, and I love the outpouring of love, but they think that we're, like I said, just near on our deathbed. And I think the other side of the reports need to be that again, most Americans or people, humans who contract this virus are going to go through it. They're going to be a little uncomfortable, but they're going to come out on the other side. And they're going to be just fine. And then better, better for it. Yeah. for having the virus, right? Because what we think now is that everybody has to build up this immunity. Right. So you've, you've almost got to get exposed to it to right. some degree. I think there's two reactions, underreaction and overreaction. So some people are stressed out about it, fearful, afraid to be around anybody ever. And then there are people that blow it off and just say, oh, it's no big deal. I don't have to worry about it. I'm younger or I'm healthy or, or whatever. So I, I just feel like there's a middle ground that we need to get to where we're where we're aware, where we're cautious. Maybe we we don't shake hands again for a long time, or maybe never. Um, we don't mm -hmm. cough we as freely. We don't uh, not think about how do we spread germs or who might be spreading germs. I think there's going to be some really good changes in behavior that are going to come out of this going forward that will keep us all healthier from any kind of sickness or illness um, that is transmittable between people. Yeah, we're certainly more cautious and careful when we think about germs and handling things and being out in public. It's funny, we've watched um, our share of TV this last month that we we never watch TV, but and I see them like coming into a room and hugging them. And all of a sudden now I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm, oh, no, that's just TV. It's okay for them to hug. This was filmed before COVID-19. So this is one of these events that are kind of going to split our timeline in our world where we'll say, like we do now, before 911 and after 911 or before 2008 and after. Here's another one, right? Before COVID and then after COVID, it has definitely been an event that has created uh, a time memory for us, if you will. But let's talk about some of the things that we've learned, some of the lessons that we've learned, the things that we really want to share on our heart today are, as you and I have been talking and kind of um, thinking about what, um, evaluating our own experience, we've asked each other this, like, what did you, what did you learn? And we've both come up with this word, 
that means something to us, and that word is preparation. Yes. Yep. Being prepared. To be prepared for whatever might come. Um, and it, we don't usually know what's going to cause the next major crisis. It's usually different, but there's going to be more crisis coming. There's going to be more situations like this. There'll be something different, but it will be cause a lot of pain and suffering and, and difficult times. And in the last 20 years, we've had three major crises, 2001 and two and around 9-11 and the whole market collapse then, 2007, eight and nine, the financial crisis that led to a collapse in real estate and a lot of people mm -hmm. lost significant assets and wealth. And then now, to, uh, 2020, the COVID crisis, if you will, um, and, and what that's done to the stock market and the financial markets, it's literally shut our country down to where 20 plus million people now are unemployed, something we've never experienced that high in unemployment that quickly in a matter of just weeks to see millions and millions of people uh, out of work and millions and millions more working from home. So the number of people going to an office or a business is, I've got to believe it's 10% of what it was just two months ago. That has to have just massive ramifications. If we yes. really let our mind go and think about it, it's no wonder that people can be overwhelmed with fear and even paralyzed by it. Like, my goodness, the world that we've lived in, what everything that we've known is just gone. And yet we know that God has his world in control and he's not overwhelmed by this. So this is where our faith kicks in. But I want to talk to you more about this. You, We both said that the word was preparation. And I want to hear more about for you specifically, if people don't know, you are in financial services. And so one of the areas of preparation that is on your heart is financial preparation. What could someone do to ever prepare for something like this? Well, first of all, expect the unexpected. That's something that is just, it's a basic principle, but it's so hard for us to live by, to be prepared for financial problems for financial disaster even like what we're going through now so being prepared there's some basic steps you can take you can manage your finances you can get healthy financially we'll talk about getting healthy physically but you can also get healthy financially you can reduce your debt or pay down your debt you can build up your cash reserves you can build up your investments so you've got a backup in case something like this happens Statistics show just recently I saw a survey or study that was done that 60% of Americans have no backup. They have no cash reserves, one week without a paycheck, and they are in financial distress. And that really makes me sad. It makes me, it concerns me because living that close to the edge is also very stressful. So I'm interrupting you just for a moment, but I somebody pushed back on this a little bit when we were talking about it on the interview that we did, and just very mildly, but they said, but people who live paycheck to paycheck don't have the financial ability to save and start a plan. How would you speak to that? And I know there's no condemnation for anyone who's listening. We know everybody comes from different places, but 
for the person who'd really like to start something, but they literally are dollar for dollar on the hour, everything accounted for. How could they start baby steps? What could they do? Because when I hear about the market and investing and all of that, I think, wow, that's way over a lot of people's heads. And, you know, so, you know, I'm like, talk to the average Jane or the average Joe. Where can they start? Yeah, it, it's a good point. Um, many people are in a situation where literally every dollar or every penny that they make is spoken for before they even get it. Whether it be rent, utilities, food, clothing, and shelter. Um, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there's a simple solution. Um, it does take discipline. It does take um, maybe some tough decisions. Um, I know it takes having a plan and, and setting some goals and, and, again, starting to pay down debt. Maybe you get a second job. Uh, I've, I've talked to some people that had very little income, and they've, and they've put themselves in a financial position where they're, where they're very healthy now financially. They made some tough decisions. They didn't go out to eat. They didn't buy Starbucks coffee. They didn't travel. They didn't do recreation. They, they focused and they disciplined themselves to literally stop spending and start saving. And I'm not saying everybody can do that. I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. Um, but it can be done. It does take very, uh, very much an intention, intentionality to focusing on improving your situation and, and, and preparing mm -hmm. for the next disaster. Because I can promise you that unless Jesus returns, we will have a next disaster. And it mm -hmm. will be, I would guess, in the next 10 years. Because mm -hmm. right now it's about every seven or eight years that we have something significant that really throws people off their track and really gets people in a lot of trouble. So there's a verse in the Bible, and I'm not going to remember where it's located right now, but we'll put it maybe in the show notes. But it, the Bible says steady plotting brings prosperity. And we have a saying around here called slight edge, meaning baby steps mean everything, small steps and so even if I only, if every time I get a paycheck, I take a small percentage and I put it in the bank for savings and I take some and I pay down debt, you, you, you would recommend doing both at the same time, not just saving without paying down debt or not just paying down debt, but try to do both. Mm -hmm. And of course, we believe in the spiritual principle that um, being generous and giving to God is also a way to ensure because the Lord says that he will bless us will bless and he that. will protect us. Yes. Absolutely. And we can never give ourselves into, into poverty. Correct. Is something that you, you teach yep. and talk to us about. Yep. So being prepared financially, we've talked at length about that. I'd like to just talk about also being prepared physically. So this last year I decided to change my eating habits and I'm not, overweight by any means, but I didn't think that I was doing and making some choices that were completely good for me because I started to identify quite a bit of inflammation in my body, maybe the onset of some um, arthritis and some inflammation in my knees and my joints. I'm getting little uh, cysts in my hands and I'm thinking, okay, something. So I just decided to do a very low carb diet with 
high fat and moderate protein, and it is called the keto, and I did a lot of research on it, but from September to as we speak today, I've been doing that, and I feel amazing. I feel so great, but I'm convinced that one of the reasons why we went through COVID-19 so easily is because we had a, a, a baseline of health. And that disease and virus don't work well in our bodies because we our immunity system is strong, I believe, and it is fighting off. Now, maybe that's my faith talking, but I, I, I'm really convinced that we can do some things. If we know this is the world that we live in, we can be proactive and be prepared for any future thing by taking care of our bodies physically. That means eating right. And you exercise, you, uh, we both do, but you yeah. exercise every day. Yeah. I'm about, uh, I exercise about four or five times a week, but you're pretty much there every day. And you know what? You're no spring chicken. I mean, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about being an older dude, you know, 60, that's out there exercising every day. Why are you doing that? Well, I believe that exercise is one of the keys to good health and, and, the concept of being prepared, uh, I didn't. I don't think about exercising in relation to what if I get sick or what if there's a major health risk in in me or in the community. But it, it is part of being prepared is is being physically, um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared. And so being physically prepared to me requires, as Dawn said, eating, um, eating right, eating healthy, exercising. Um, is is very important in that. So exercise is just a matter of uh, discipline, um, and uh, yeah. you can't you can't wait for motivation. Motivation is not a good way of of exercising. No, because we'll never feel like no, it. We'll motivation like follows goes, movement. Yeah. Yeah. And again, no condemnation. So I think oftentimes when people hear some of these comments that we're making today, whether it be about weight or finances. <laughs> You know, to look at some of these things, it's scary. And it's scary to sometimes face the facts and look at it and make quality decisions. And oftentimes we want to just ignore it. We want to forget it. But I hope today you don't hear condemnation. That's certainly not our heart. But the nudge for us, for you today, is just to just to help you be willing. Look at your finances. Look at your physical. Look at your emotional self and make sure that, you know, you're doing okay. Because if something else does come, you're saying it's not if, but when. We don't want our friends and loved ones and, and people that we do church together or faith family to be a statistic. And that's why we're doing this. And the other area that I think that we want to talk about when it comes to preparation is the whole spiritual area. Being prepared. Jesus told us himself, do not be surprised when you see these things, for they must happen. We definitely are in the birth pains of the last days, if not the last days themselves. We are definitely in a space and a time where we are seeing the culmination of so many prophetic words and so many things that God said, you're going to see wars and rumors of wars and there's going to be pestilence and there's going to be all kinds of things happening, plagues. And we certainly are there. 
And then he likened it to a parable that he gives of the 10 virgins or bridesmaids in our vernacular of today. They're waiting for their groom to come. And the groom is going to come. He's going to choose his bride and then the 10 bridesmaids. And they're supposed to have oil. They're supposed to be prepared. They're supposed to be awake and waiting. But it takes longer than they think. And so they fall asleep. And it's one thing to fall asleep, but the ones who fell asleep, when they all did, five of them were prepared. You see, I might be sleeping, I might be a little dusty here, but I'm, I've still got the oil, I'm still ready. Anytime that he comes, I'm ready to go. But the other five, they didn't have the oil, they weren't ready. So what does that mean for us today? That means if you're not a believer, if you think that you can just live life and that someday you'll make that decision but you just kind of get, you know, fallen asleep in the, in, in the luxury of the world and the, the ease of the world and the joys of the world. And you don't think that accountability time is ever coming. You're going to get caught off guard. You need to be ready. So be spiritually ready. Be ready to go. That's our podcast for today. Yeah, my, my encouragement would be to, in every arena of your life, if you're not doing what you would like to do or you're not where you'd like to be, start small. A big mistake people make in, in almost any arena is they try to jump in and do mega changes. So someone maybe who's not been working out or exercising or physically fit, they say, well, I'm going to go run three miles. Well, no. <laughs> Why don't you try walking one block first? And I've seen some amazing stories of people that have done that. Mm -hmm. They literally walk one block day one. Yep. Day two, they do two blocks. Oh. And now years later, they're doing a marathon, 26 miles. And financially, the same way. If you've got nothing, you're, you're struggling, you don't have any reserve, set aside $1. Uh, reduce your expenses by... Again, not buying coffee, not going out to eat, and set that money aside, $5 a week, whatever whatever it takes, whatever you can do, you start to build momentum. You start to get encouraged. You get excited. I'm making progress. You know, We need shorter-term rewards to continue mm -hmm. to pursue longer-term gains. You don't jump in and run a marathon. You don't set aside $100,000 in day one. You don't, you don't read the Bible in a day. You take small bites. I've seen people spiritually in their spiritual walk. They say, well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. So day one, I'm going to read for an hour and I'm going to pray for an hour. Well, that's probably not real. Setting yourself up for failure, right? Right. right. And discouragement and failure. And so it comes back to the scripture that we talked about a moment ago. Steady plotting brings prosperity. Small baby steps lead you to success and doing little things, the right thing, taking one next right step leads you to success and preparation. That's how you get ready. And so it's like anything else, you know, you and I go down the basement or the lower, lower level, we call it, <laughs> to work out. And, and I say, well, this is the weight that I can do. And you say, do some with that weight. And the next day I can, I can do a little bit more. And um, about a month later, I've upped my weight and I can do a little bit more. How did I get there? One little baby step at a time. Yeah. So this was great. Thanks for coming on and yeah, being with thank us you today. For allowing me to join you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And if you'd like to know more about Paul Damon, you can visit him at familycapitalmgt.com. Again, family capital 
mgt.com. <laughs> and you can visit me at thefreedomgirlsisterhood.com. And until next time, this is Don Scott Damon saying it's freedom time.